What's going on, everyone? Alex De Silva, happy as Larry Group. I hope you are well. Welcome to another episode of the Feel Good Show. It's lovely to be here as always. And my guest is a repeating guest. And this time, her name has changed. Yeah. It's Lucy De Silva. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. That's it. Did you marry someone? I married, yeah. I married this Brazilian man. It's quite hunky. Actually, yeah. nice. for yeah. those for those of you listening on audio, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, um, we've just come back from our honeymoon, didn't we? Yeah, which was beautiful. Yeah, we spent ten days in in Mallorca in Spain, and it was absolutely incredible. But we wanted to do this podcast. Lucy's first podcast was amazing. The, the the feedback was incredible. Everybody absolutely loved it, loved your story and your honesty and you. how humbled you are and, you know, and, and what you've been through and how you came out of the other side, mm. you know, which is what this is all about. It's, it's all about having these conversations, bringing the reality into, you know, to, to vision mm. and not hiding behind the fact that it's okay to go through this stuff. Mm. And interestingly enough, just for, for you guys, you know, just as a reminder, I know we talked about it a little bit. So Lucy's studying a master's degree in addiction therapy and psychology, and she's actually doing a comparative study um, on the relationship between the inability to regulate emotions and alcohol consumption, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Yeah. So you're going to come in and, and talk about it, and, I, and I'm sure we'll dive into the whole addiction thing as well, which seems to be a, a widely talked about topic. At the moment, you know, I know Russell Brown's talked about it. I've seen it online quite a bit as well. And um, I know Tony Robbins was talking about it not too long ago. And Mel Robbins mentioned it in her book, uh, which I was listening to on, on our honeymoon. And she talks about it there as well. And it's yeah. really interesting. You'll no doubt talk about Gabor Mate as well, who yeah. openly talks about <clears throat> it not being this disease and, and so on and so forth. But we, we can get to that a little bit. So... Let's go through it, you know. Yeah. Talk a little bit about this 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 study. I mean, I find this stuff fascinating anyway. Yeah. So Yeah. You know, I, I think <clears throat> it's really relevant obviously to the your podcast, you know, that you, you wanna um you wanna reach a male audience. Um and I think that it's fantastic to have a podcast where you can talk so openly um when and have it aimed at males because um especially going into what this this research proposal is going to be about um it's it's basically the relationship between um the inability to regulate emotions and how it's linked to alcohol consumption but my uh my what i want to achieve is because uh, the comparative study is basically looking at males and females mm -hmm. and um, a group of males and a group of females and then comparing the results afterwards and using methods <clears throat> whereby they looked at there's there's certain uh, methods that are used that I'll go on to later on um, where uh, they'll be asked questions around um, how they've how they were brought up to express their emotions uh, and this is for both groups this is both females and males um, how they were brought up to express their emotions, whether they even had an opportunity to express their emotions, um, and and then looking at their alcohol consumption when it started, 
um, how it then got out of control um, and, and where they are now. And these groups of people that I'm going to be looking at are people who are will now have some abstinence behind them. They will have gone through some form of, of treatment and they will understand that they, they did have a problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they won't necessarily, maybe they, they might not necessarily understand that it could be linked to an inability to express their emotions. But I guess without me beating around the bush too much, like the reason this came about for me was I was really interested in, like you say about Gabor Mate, he, I, during my studies over the last couple of years, uh, a lot of stuff has come up in my own recovery as well as to the reason why I started drinking and behaving certain ways and taking drugs and all the rest of it. <clears throat> and um, there's a lot of leverage in uh, how it's a lot to do with that inability to to regulate your my emotions. Um but also the reason that I was more interested in looking at males as a target audience for this is the whole uh, stigma attached to showing your emotions when you are of a male gender. And I think there is, there is, there's been some research in the field, but not so much. Mm -hmm. And there's been research in the field about emotional uh, regulation linked to drug or alcohol use in both males and females, but I really think there is a big split between how females, and I think it's a lot to do with a gender thing as well, <clears throat> where the women are uh, the mothers. You know, they 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 bring they bring the children into the world, and they are generally seen as people who the the the, the sex that can express themselves emotionally a lot easier. But I think a lot of that is to do with how males are brought up in the family environment as well, because mm-hmm. they are, you know, told that they, they shouldn't cry really a lot of the time, you know, that they shouldn't express their emotions mm-hmm. and don't be a big baby and stiff up a lip and, and, um, and that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell, really. That's, that's yeah. why it interests me because I think that I, I feel that there can be a lot of focus on, how women can be open with each other mm. and how they can express their feelings. And it's okay to do that. But when do you get a group of guys getting together and, and expressing their feelings and, you know, talking deeply about their emotions? Yeah. And, you know, I think yeah. that it's, yeah. And then it's kind of seen as, oh God, you know. It's got to be such a funny <clears throat> man up. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's interesting because <clears throat> on, on my way home, I was thinking about this. And when I got here, I thought, God, it's so interesting how, you know, how things are, are now changing. You know, mm. I think people are starting to slowly realise that I'm talking about men and I'm talking about myself, starting to realise that we can connect with those emotions, mm. you know, and when we can um, talk about them openly because there's mm. nothing wrong with that. Mm. And, and it took me a little, a little while to to understand and I still battle with it a little bit you know I still struggle with certain things um I was just sort of going through a scenario in my head of 
what it would have been like previously if I had been sharing my emotions with some of my friends, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm talking from as young as being in school, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> and it would have just, you know, we, we would have kind of shut each other down. And it's not like people would have just done it to me and it's, oh, poor me. It's not that. We would have done it to each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember there were cases where some of my mates would have been upset or somebody that we knew would have been upset. And there was almost like a, a bullyish, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, attitude. you know, attitude, yeah, mm-hmm. towards, you know, to, you know, how we kind of replied to, to that yeah. person would be with that, you know, stop being such a fanny yeah. or push him on, but kind of reading it, try to kind of make it into a playful thing. Because mm-hmm. again, it, as you said, it, we've been brought up to not show those emotions. Mm-hmm. And as soon as one of us start doing it, it's almost, it's the, it's almost like there is something in the brain that turns around and says, shut that down, mm-hmm. shut that down now. It's almost like the computer turns around and saying, quit, quit before everything goes wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And But why do you think that happens it, it, with a group of, of boys um you know i think you saying that you know a it's what you've learned Mm. from your caregivers Mm. um probably mostly your 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 male caregivers Mm. um and b how do you how did you feel when you saw one of your male boyfriends boyfriends you know Mm. boyfriend crying or you know how did that how would that make you feel see i grew up with women and I grew up with, with a load of men. So for me, <laughs> I, I used to just laugh at everything. Mm. That was my coping mechanism. And I realize now for me is where I just get really nervous mm. and I get yeah. scared. So yeah. that's my fear trigger. So yeah. when something like that happens, it's for me, I just burst out laughing. So uncomfortable. It's very that's uncomfortable. That's what I'm getting Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt really uncomfortable. So, yeah. But the thing is, I just wanted to give them a hug. Because naturally that would be my, you know, you know, for me, I naturally just come and give someone a hug and go, come on, let's talk about it or come on, let me help you out, mm-hmm. which is what I do now. Because mm-hmm. I, I understand my emotions now and I allow myself to express those things. I express what comes up as reality, mm-hmm. not what I think society thinks that I should be mm-hmm. or how I was, you know, taught and learned how things should be, mm-hmm. you know, and... <clears throat> It's interesting because I actually had a question when you were talking about male and female because you you talked about women being very expressive and they are, you know. A lot of the time. A lot of the times they are. Yeah, (laughs) but the thing is, but they are. Mm. And and it's interesting because I think because the role of a female and the role of a man has been, you know, we've been shown that this is how men are and this is how women are. And as you said, the first thing you said is we're mothers, Mm. you know, they look after the children, mm. you know, they cook, they clean, you know, they do all of these things because naturally that's what a mother is mm. according to the world, mm. right? That's the label that we've attached to women. So with that, there is a lot of emotions there because, and I can't speak for any women, but correct me if I'm wrong here, the way that women express their emotions and it is very much about caring and loving and looking after the child, but also behind all of that, there is a lot of stress. How are we going to pay the bills? You know, are we going to have enough money for food? You know, is Jimmy okay? You know, is he going to get bullied in school or did he hurt himself or have I got enough money for nappies? So on and so forth. Because that's the thought process where you've got the positive emotions, then you've got the back emotions. My question was, do you think that women drink based on the more negative emotions? Because they're, they're quite open to express those. 
But do you think they are not always as open in sharing them? Because, you know, you said sometimes we share our emotions. Do you mm-hmm. think that's probably one of the causes? I know, you, I know this is something you, you're yet to do, but it just popped into my head and I had to ask. Why women drink then, you're thinking about? Yeah, do you think they drink <clears throat> more because of those, the, the, the stressful emotions, you know, that they have to go through? And a lot of the times they cope on their own especially when you're talking about motherhood and, mm. that, and that's the, the one thing that popped into my head using uh, that as an example. I think generalising around that, that women drink when they're in a position where they feel emotionally overloaded is because they're exactly that. They're emotionally overloaded. Mm. So to drink would numb that. Um, and, I, and I, again, I don't have kids yet, although we have a oh, baby yeah. on the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but talking from past experience... Um, I know that my emotions, I had so many emotions, I didn't know how to, to have any control over them mm. or, or how to always rightly express them. I mean, I've always been good at sharing with friends and, and, uh, having a good cry. Um, but I was so overwhelmed with so many emotions to drink was to numb them out. Mm. So I guess the kind of on a scale, when you think about how women experience their emotions, that I would guess generalising that women feel them more so. Mm. Uh, so that, that could be a reason why they do drink, whereas men don't necessarily know how to express them. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so they drink to... We're pretty fucked. Because this is the thing, isn't it? When you talked about... Um, I was just thinking that it's, it's an interesting topic because, as you say, women are emotionally overloaded, mm. but they know, don't usually know how to process that emotion. Sometimes it depends. It dep- I think it depends a lot. Again, like going back to my study and what I've read over the last couple of years, I mean, I'm such a baby in this field. Mm. Um, but I think it's fascinating. I think. It also, a lot of it depends on what you've been taught growing up as well, how mm. you were taught how to express your emotions. Mm. If you were really stuck into a box and told that this is your role as a girl, this is your role as a boy, mm. um, you, this is, this is how you're going to behave growing up and this is what you should be doing. Um, and, <clears throat> and I think that's a lot to do with it. Then there's the element of, of, trauma experienced as, as a youngster uh which is a whole new it's a whole you know whole, whole other podcast that is yeah um which is, is obviously from both males and females adds towards it as well mm. but i think that when you when you think about uh going back to you know thousands and thousands of years ago when we were cavemen mm. cavemen and women um you know, when you think about why we are actually here on the planet, we are here to just keep the race going. Mm. And that is it, mm. really. I mean, obviously, we've evolved over the years. But if you go back however long you can to find when we first, you know, we were whatever they were called back then, well, cavemen, let's call them cavemen. But so, you know, if you think about our, our primal instincts, the, the male's job is to impregnate the woman. Mm. And that's it to keep the race going. Mm. The male isn't needed after that. Mm. 
it now times have changed because you have relationships and you build on them and you have a family and and you know there's monogamy and there's marriage and there's all that but back then there was no communication and all the males the male's job was to impregnate the woman and he didn't have to hang around after that if there was a evolutionary reason for him being there he would have to maybe feed the child or or be there for a reason to help the child survive but it doesn't have to be so if you think back to that far, primal instincts are that the the woman has to be some form emotionally available for their child. The male doesn't have to be. Yeah. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. And it's true though, isn't it? That, um, for years, you, you know, you can kind of look back at history where, you know, men would go travel, you know, the world, they'd go and conquer, mm. you know, and, and, they reproduce and no doubt and this is the thing when people think oh you know monogamy blah 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 blah. you can see the kings and you know all of these people who um who are ruling the world and who are exploring and even not so much from a from a great um perspective anyone that kind of you know needs to sort of be remembered but just in general i think you're absolutely right we are there to you know yeah to reproduce it sounds it sounds yeah. very cold and black and white but that's how it is but if you look at the animal kingdom it it's the same it, it, there's no difference yeah. yeah that's how it is you know there's no difference mm. you know yeah. even with the, is it the, the the black widow as soon as the, mm. the, the male spider does what he needs to do she's not with him and she kills him <laughs> you know so yeah we're, we're pretty screwed but, <laughs> but on the on the emotion side it, it is really interesting because you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is, you know, helping men, not just men, but women too. I think, you know, we're, we're in a world now where I think we're becoming less and less emotional, mm. you know, or emotionally intelligent because everything is being driven into the media, whether it's the media on TV or whether it's social media, um, you know, and, and everything is, is on that whether it's a phone, whether it's a tablet, whether it's a PC or whatever, um, you know, a desktop. And it has its place, you know, these things. I think it's incredible. And I think, and I, and, and I hope that we continue to keep pushing forward from a te- technological perspective, perspective. But what I hope doesn't happen, which I'm seeing already, especially when we talk about addiction and how people are behaving, you know, is that people are just becoming less and less interactive. You know, we talk about this quite a lot when we go away because we're always talking, you know. Mm. We talk all the time. We're constantly laughing, and it's interesting that people look at us like we're mad. People mm. like this, you yeah. know, a, a lot. Yeah, but, you know, and, 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 but this is the interesting thing, isn't it? And we've even been told, haven't we, that, you know, God, you two are always laughing, and, yeah. you know, you're always talking, and, you know, people where we've gone to retreats, and, and it's been said yeah. in a nice way. Yeah. But for me, I, we all, I always say the same thing to you, is how is that strange? Like, shouldn't mm. all relationships be like this? Yeah. You know, whether it's with a friend or whether it's with their parents, and the answer is, is no, because... It, yeah, have it, you experienced relationships? <laughs> have I, hell. <laughs> That's why I married you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's, you know, it's... Um, I guess it's, it's, it's the whole um, expectation thing, isn't it? You know? We expect so much from the world. We expect so much from each other. And 
I guess this is where you, I guess when you're talking about the emotions, isn't it? When, when yeah. things don't go mm-hmm. our way, we then turn into another solution. Well, yeah, which is again that use of of substances or or behaviours or like you said, being on the internet, being on the tablet. Um, but I've got going picking up what you said about emotional intelligence. I think that the although you say that you know we're becoming less and less emotionally uh, intelligent, um, I think that there there is a there is a split having having been able to read up what is out there at the moment in in terms of studies that have taken place when it comes to emotions and emotional intelligence there's actually a growing body of stuff of stuff happening Mm -hmm. where they're really focusing on emotional intelligence as a thing Mm -hmm. and uh it's especially in the addiction field um and it is it's becoming more more and more understood by society as well that emotional intelligence is is huge mm. it's massive yeah. but you i mean that again like the whole the the explosion of the internet and the explosion of of technology and phones and ipads and and things that <clears throat> take us away from that stuff is also just as huge as well so i think that there is there is a there's a battle going on between people becoming more and more aware of their emotions and how important they are uh, or picking up their phone and, and looking at on social media and not, and not connecting with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that there, I think, I mean, we've all been guilty of, I've got Facebook on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Twitter. Uh, I've got various other things that I look at daily. Mm-hmm. I do look at them daily. Um, I've been guilty of posting photos and, and I like it when people like my photos, but none of that is actually real. Mm. None of it is real. Um, and I think that that's, that's the struggle, especially with the up and coming, you know, kids of today, you know, being born into this world, you know, uh, it's worrying when you think about where the technology will be in 10 years time when our child is 10 years old mm. Um, and we've already had this conversation before where I've said, like, I don't want her having an iPad. I don't want her having an iPhone. I don't, I don't want her having that stuff. Mm. But how much do we avoid that? Mm. And that's, you know, that's the, thing, the difficulty. Yeah, because, you know, I said the same thing about, you know, with with Brandon and Maddie, you know, and it was Molly and Max, you know, and, and it's interesting because... Brandon and Molly are 20, mm. you know, now. And it's interesting because when they had a, their first phone, they were, I don't know, say 14 or whatever. And then by the time Max got one, he was younger. And then by mm. the time Maddie got one, mm. she was younger, you mm. know. And, and it is a tough one, you know. It is a tough decision because the, the danger of, of that is... You know, and we've seen it sometimes, you know, I, I say it to Maddie and, you know, and I even say it to, I say it generally so people can hear this because people will be on their phones listening to this as well, mm. is, listen, there is nothing wrong with using it. Like you said, you use it every day. I use it every day. I use it for business and I use it for, for personal. Mm. Um, but I have said to myself and I have made just a personal pact with me to, to be able to just say, okay, 
now it's downtime. Limit it, yeah. 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 Because otherwise it's constant. Mm. And the interesting thing that that really it kind of it really made me laugh, but it scared me at the same time as well. Was I was listening to um, to a video. There was a guy called Mario. Um, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Ty Lopez. He was talking about he was he was on a video with somebody else, and they were talking about the attention span of you know a human being compared to a goldfish. Mm. You know the um, I have to just you know I'm going to quote here. I'm, he said that the the goldfish is four seconds and the attention span of a human being today is three seconds mm. and that for me although I laughed afterwards I actually rewound it and, and listened to it again because I then picked up on the seriousness of what that meant mm. is you know and people will hear this and laugh and says oh my god we've got a attention span less than a goldfish that's not a good thing mm. that really isn't a good thing and the interesting thing is that, you know, when you're looking at statistics around depression, anxiety, addiction, you know, all of the kind of negative stuff, suicide, especially amongst men, mm. you know, it's huge in the UK. And I look to get globally as well, and the figures are huge as well. Actually, there are more men committing suicide now than there are women. Yeah. You know, and it's not because we're talking about our emotions. That's for sure. No. You know, it's not like we're sitting here and saying, hey, lads, you know, come on, guys, let's go and grab a drink or two, let's go and have a coffee or let's go out for dinner and let's talk about what's really going on. Mm. And listen, guys, I'm going to be open and, and I'm going to be serious here. You know, this shit's serious. It's really serious stuff. You know, we've been given emotions for a reason, men and women. You know, yeah, women overexpress them and men just completely don't. And I think what we all need to do is find that equal balance, that equilibrium where we can just say, you know what, this is really struggling for me and I'm going to talk about it. Mm. Because what's starting to really bother me now is the whole, well, you know, you've got to be a man, blah, blah, blah. Excuse my language, but fuck off. Like this whole thing is bollocks now. It's old, you know, this whole manhood thing. Let's move forward with technology. If we're going to grow as human beings, let's keep up with how amazing technology is doing. Let's grow as individuals as well. Mm. Instead of sitting here, pissing and moaning, oh, my life is not that good, or blah, 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 blah. Do something about it. Mm. You know, I did. You did. And for me as a man, the proudest thing I can say, and for me to even say that word, I'm proud of myself, it's a huge thing for me. Mm. I'm so proud of myself that I can express myself openly, mm. you know, and I can talk to people. And I do talk to some men and I do open up with circles outside of, you know, like recovery or, you know, because some of the, 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 some friends that I have are very open emotionally, mm. but some really aren't. And they still feel really uncomfortable by it. Mm. Yeah. Because I think that it's so, it's such a learnt behaviour. And like I talk about that in my paper as well, you know, how, uh, you know, boys are brought up to, to be, to be tough, mm. to come across tough, mm. to not cry, to not express how they feel. And to have that drummed into you at such a young age, that's what you're going to believe for the rest of your life. And especially mm. if all, most males around you are behaving the same way, why are you going to behave differently? Yeah. Nobody wants to be the black sheep. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's difficult. And there has been, uh, you know, going back to this study, there has been other 
studies that have found that women do generally express their emotions more freely um, and that there are gender differences in relation to how they express their emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just looking at my paper that I wrote and where they they looked at eight emotions, which I haven't listed in here, but uh, there were significant differences between at least five of these emotions Mm -hmm. and women scored higher in their ability to express them. And the interesting thing is that males frequently scored higher in the intensity and expression of pride, which provides further evidence, obviously, when considering, you know, males and how they don't don't know how to express their emotions. So they they drink or take drugs, whatever they do. Um, But pride is picking up on what you just said about males saying not getting together and, and discussing how they feel and, you know, not being open and all the rest of it. And because a lot of it is to do with pride because they're, 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 they're taught. Don't, don't be a pansy. Don't cry. Mm-hmm. Don't express how you feel. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to like you if you, if you're a crybaby. So, and, and I think, and this is why I picked up on this and that I really, really am interested in looking in deeper into this because I think that males have a hard, a tougher time yeah. actually when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, it, for a woman to, to be, to go through f- for something, for example, they, they grieve in something or something has happened, they've lost their job or they've lost a friend, whatever it is it's more common that they will seek help in terms of therapy and group groups, support groups. They'll call, pick up the phone and call the Samaritans, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. or they'll sit with a group of their friends and they'll cry. They'll all cry yeah. over a pizza. Or <laughs> yeah, you know, moving, it's yeah. so cliche, but it's so true. <clears throat> and males don't generally do that. They don't. So what else are they supposed to do with all that stuff? Yeah. They shoulder it all on their own. They hold it all inside and where there's nowhere else for it to go over the years mm. other than finding some way of coping and, and you know, some people cope with drinking a lot, some people mm. cope with taking drugs, some people cope with by behaving certain ways, yeah. whether that's being getting angry. Yeah. You know, anger is, is something that the body can really, really feed off of. Yeah. And if somebody is angry, there's there's a deeper reason why they are. Yeah. Um, I think that us women have a responsibility, though, as well, when it comes to this stuff as well. Mm-hmm. If you're in a relationship with someone and they're constantly saying to you, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. They're not going to be fine all the time. Nobody is. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. It's just not possible. You're talking from a woman. From it, from being a support, like if you're if you're in a relationship, yeah, and you're married or you you have a boyfriend, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and um, you know you you don't generally have these conversations, but you know there's there's obviously something that might not be quite right mm. with with your partner, you know, because I guess a lot of women learn in relationships that males don't talk about their emotions. So they don't ask. Yeah. So there's, there's a responsibility on both sides yeah. for people for, if you're in a relationship, whether it's a, a loving relationship or even a friend, mm. it's, it's so important. 
to mm-hmm. to allow someone to to express how they feel. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. And do it with someone you can trust. Yeah. You know? And who who better to do that than someone that you're in a relationship with? Mm. And if you're not in a relationship, then a friend or, or someone in a family. If not, then a professional, right? Yeah, I mean, a professional is probably uh, probably the best person to start with, really, I, yeah. I guess, because they'll be trained to handle this stuff. Yeah. There'll be There'll be someone that doesn't know you. So there'll be, um, can't think of the right word, but they, they will, yeah, I think maybe, again, going back to the pride thing, mm. that's why men may not talk about how they feel because they don't want to seem like weak. And especially mm. in a relationship, they don't, they'll, you know, again, it's going back to that whole stigma of them being the breadwinner, them being the hunter-gatherer, them going out to work and, and taking care of their family. And if they cry or they show emotion or they show inverted commas weakness, then they're not, they're not a man. Mm. Um, but so, is it weak? Well, uh, be it from now being a, a trained therapist, of course it's not. I would never, ever say it is. If anything... Uh, someone is is stronger and more courageous if they can express it, especially if you're a male. And I'll, I'll say it again: I think males have got a difficult time with this stuff. Women are seen as the ones that can express themselves. Mm. Men men aren't, so they've got a tougher time with breaking this stigma mm. and finding the right balance with it as well um, for themselves. Like not because of what someone else might think about them. Yeah because of what feels right for them, like how comfortable they feel in expressing their emotions and mm. uh, finding the right avenue to, to do that. Yeah. Um, I think it's, they've got, men have got a tough, they've got a tough road with this stuff, I think. Yeah, but, and I, I agree to a certain extent, and I disagree in the sense where it's only hard because we make it, you know? Because there are so many channels out there, isn't there? As you said, you know, from a professional perspective, and there are other channels, especially with the incredible technology that we have now. Mm. You know, there are ways where we can do that. But one of the things that you touched on, which is really interesting when you're talking about the research, is the one thing that came up was pride. And that's the one thing. Mm. But pride is what kills us Mm. as men. And studies have shown, if you don't believe me, type in the statistics to men who commit suicide compared to women. Yeah. You know, you just have to Google it and the statistics are there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and it's, and it's, it's really worrying, you know, that people are, are going that far, you know, because they are too proud and too egotistical and scared and full of fear, yeah. you know, to just turn around and say, I'm in pain. Yeah. So what do you do instead? You kill yourself. But yeah. I think a, a point to pick up on there is that you have to understand with that stuff. Yes, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. But if you've been, if you've grown up all your life yeah. being told, don't express your emotions, you can't cry. The, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff around emotions, mm-hmm. you've learned all of that. And not only have you learned that, society tells you the same thing. Mm-hmm. All males generally have the same view unless unless they're in this industry unless they've learned about what emotions how important emotions are generally the view is that males don't really express their emotions Mm. um, as well as females do although you know 
fingers crossed that is starting to change. Yeah. Um, but that's what we but can I, do, isn't it? But I think that the, the difficulty in that is with it only being something that's just starting to come into society, mm-hmm. that it's nobody wants to be different. Nobody wants to be the person who, not nobody, but not a lot. It's it's harder to to be that uh, to be the flagship around that stuff because millions of years have told men not to be like that. Yeah. And not just that, you know, the the whole view of of how some women may view men, you know, because it's like I think sometimes again males have it have it difficult because the women woman says they want someone who's in touch with their emotions and <laughs> that can you know sit there and have long chats about how they feel and all the rest of it and a man does that and and a woman runs a mile because she thinks he's a pansy or she, mm. you know she she'll think she might think he's gay yeah. you know i think it's it is really hard for, yeah. for men around this stuff to get a good balance like a balance that's going to work for them because yeah. There's a sketch from from Friends where um, I don't know if you've seen it, but Alec Baldwin is uh, I think that's his name. He's a famous actor, and he comes on the show. And not no, sorry, it's not. It's um, the guy from the uh, that icy ghost film. What's his name? I can't remember oh, his Bruce name. Willis. Bald, bald guy. Yeah, Willis, he comes yeah. onto the show. He's yeah. this manly man. Yeah. Starts dating Jennifer Aniston, and she she wants him to start talking about his emotions, and he won't open up. It's a closed <laughs> yeah. book. And then eventually she manages to get him to stop talking. And he, he's like the floodgates open and he's crying about when he was six years old and someone stole his bike and, you know, and, and that's, that's TV that millions of people have watched. Yeah. And that's, you know, women are like, I'd rather the man not talk about his emotions if that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's stupid to think about it like that, but actually that's reality. Yeah, and that's also most, very true, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's a bit over the top, isn't it? But yeah. I think that making it comical like that is actually, in a sense, it's quite sad yeah. because then men are going to think, oh, shit, you know, I better not. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to open up about how yeah, I really but, feel. <laughs> there are magazines as well, aren't there, where, you know, they do all these magazine articles and, you know, teen magazines and women's magazines and it's all over that stuff where they do say as well, you know, to find your ideal man and then, you know, you can look online, you know, what women are looking for in a man and he tends to to be those things it's like this massive bag of mixtures of things that it is really tough especially for for us as as men you know to try and fulfill and try and tick every box you know you've got to be six foot tall you've got to be tall dark and handsome that could be anything do you know what I mean? That could be from being black, mixed race. You can have a tan, you can be Italian, you can be Spanish. If I don't hit any of these boxes, I'm, you know, I need to go to, I need to go and get a suntan, mm. you know? This is the thing, but what does that mean? Oh, no, it's just dark hair. Ah, oh, right, okay, so what, what, dark eyes? Well, no, if you had green eyes, it would be better, mm. you know, or if they were hazel. And this is the thing is, you know, you've got to have, a, you know, big genitals or, you know, you've got to be a, an animal in bed. You've got to be able to, you know, have a six-pack or, yeah. you know what I mean? And these are all of these things where the reality is, is it's not real, mm. you know? And we, I know that we discussed this, out, you know, away from this, but I'm going to bring it up because I think it's, you know, it, it can probably relate to this as well. But you're talking, um, you know, about porn, 
how kind of, you know, porn distorts mm. the images of how a man should be. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that really ruins men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we talked about it, and I'm happy mm-hmm. to, to, to share on here. I struggle with it, mm. you know, because it's, it's this fake fantasy. It's this thing where, you know, I want to, you know, I'm kind of fantasizing for, for a short amount of time, you know, that I'm this man and I'm not, mm. you know, I'm just me. Mm. And it's nothing wrong with who I am. But it's really hard because I know there are millions of men mm. who struggle with this all the time, mm. you know, and it's really damaging mm. because, again, it's just another form of, of drugs. It's another, you know, form of addiction. It's like alcohol. It's a short-term release to this mm. pain that we're constantly feeding. Mm-hmm. And as a man, usually tends to be self-worth, mm. not feeling good enough or not feeling manly enough, mm. you know. And these things, I'm just going to share it, guys. These things are just labels, you know, and, you know, Lucy touched on about how, you know, it is down to our upbringing. So it is a little bit tough to realize or to start to understand what's real and what's not, how it helped me. You know, I got help and we always talk about things anyway, openly between us Mm. and, you know, working with people and, you know, and just kind of throughout the years and the stuff that we do now and reading but one of the things that really helps me away from all of that is to kind of really go go inward mm. and find out who I am, actually get in touch with those emotions and not necessarily having to kind of share it with anyone at first if you don't want to. But what did help me is to start journaling things down, mm. you know, writing things down about those emotions and then go and take it to someone, mm. you know, a professional that might be able to help, you know, whether it's a coach or most likely it would be someone like you who's more of a therapist who would be able to look at these things and go through, you know, that pattern in a little bit more detail and maybe go a little bit deeper and help you to come out the other side. Mm. Um, but there is a way out, you know. Mm. There is always a way out with this stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I think that going back to the whole drinking around with emotions and stuff like that I think that um it it, it's hard for uh it's difficult for males especially because their friends are can be similar to them so I think that it can be uh hard to to even have that link in the first place to even know why they might be drinking um, not necessarily to excess because some people go to work work five days a week come home and have maybe two three beers in the evening doesn't really sound like a lot yeah. and it's not really when you think about it however if you're doing that every evening you're doing it for a reason mm. um, and people may say oh, I've had a tough day at work or I deserve it because I work hard and I'm not saying people don't deserve it. They, they, if that's how they want to live them li- their lives, then that's fine. But I think you will know when you have an attachment to this stuff when you take it away. Mm. So I would challenge anyone that does that kind of stuff to, to not do it for a week mm. and see what happens. Mm. Because they will, they will find out why they mm. do drink. <laughs> that yeah. and it's not a huge amount it's not yeah. like they're going home sinking bottles and bottles of wine and then waking up and drinking in the morning it's not yeah. you know that again that's that's alcoholism but you know again what is alcoholism the three bottles a night of, of beer might be considered alcoholism because of the reason why you're drinking them yeah. 
So I would challenge anyone, again, that does that kind of thing, that comes home and have one, two, maybe three beers. Mm. Don't have them for a week, see what happens. Yeah. And don't try and replace that with something else. Mm. Because I, I already know people are thinking, well, I'll just go to the gym for, for the evening instead. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do anything. Yeah. Don't do anything. Mm. Don't have the TV on. Don't pick up a book. Don't do anything and see what happens. Mm. And it, and that will show you the reasons why we do stuff. Mm. Um the reasons why some people drink, the reasons why people use porn, the reasons why, uh, again, it can, it, can, it can even be down to the amount of time you spend in the gym as well. There mm. is, it's like always doing something to cope with what's going on inside. Yeah. Yes, the smoking is a big one as well, isn't it? Which yeah. is huge. Yeah. And you usually tend to see when people quit smoking, you know, and they start to really... I remember when I first came into recovery and I stopped smoking because I smoked even more when I came in than when I was drinking and using drugs mm. or smoking even more. And mm. I started to realise, well, hang on, I'm going to, I need to stop doing this. Mm. And I went cold turkey and I you remember when you saw me and I was mm. not in a good place because yeah. yeah. I could just emotionally, I was twisted. Yeah. But the interesting thing is as soon as I realised that, and I processed it and I was able to understand why I was feeling that emotion, why I was feeling angry and why I was feeling anxious and nervous and and I wanted to kill everybody on the road when I was driving and it's because I wasn't dealing with, mm. I still wasn't, uh, I still weren't, you know, I wasn't dealing with things properly. Yeah, I mean, you were thawing out, yeah. basically. Mm. You know, essentially that's what was happening because you yeah. used those things for so many years to cope with that stuff that was going on inside of you mm. all of a sudden like you say you'd stop drinking you stopped taking drugs so you started smoking yeah uh and then and then you didn't want to smoke because you knew that it wasn't good for you mm. and there was something within you that was saying that this still isn't right i still mm. know i'm not dealing with stuff mm. so then to take away the cigarettes as well you're a blank canvas so you are feeling every single thing Mm-hmm. So no wonder you felt that way. Yeah. But it's, and that's when people find it hard because then they, and, and there's, we were talking about this the other week about people not staying consistent with stuff. Mm. You know, people go into the whole mindset of like, right, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose loads of weight. I'm going to go on this diet. I'm going to go on, you know, and then people do it, these crash diets for 10 days or whatever yeah. it is. Um, and they may well lose weight. But then after 10 days, they, they've had enough. So they go back to their old lifestyle again. And they don't stay consistent because there is pain involved in that stuff as well. In change, there is pain. Yeah. Massive amounts. My yeah. own experience as well. Yeah. And I, I remember being at that stage where I just did not know whether it was ever going to get better. Mm. I didn't know. But I was lucky to have been coming to to recovery through um for a treatment center that was teaching me consistently you've got to keep going you've got to keep going just keep pushing through the pain just, yeah. because i saw people who were further down the line who had done the same who had come out the other side but a lot of and that is that is why i think sometimes addiction as a label can be beneficial because mm-hmm. people can go into treatment people can see like that they they can view it as a disease. They yeah. could give it that label, 
but there are people who are years down the line who have been in the same position before and it gives these people hope in normal life there's not the same thing really yeah there's not the same thing mm-hmm. when it comes to emotional instability there's not it's not as obvious mm-hmm. um and i think that there's the problem there's yeah. the problem there isn't there isn't a treatment center i mean this is what we are working towards yeah. uh, in the future. Mm. To, to, again, going back to this study and also seeing these things so clearly where people struggle in their daily lives um, because they don't have a label to attach to, to what's going mm. on for them. They, they don't necessarily have or they don't think they have an addiction they're not drinking 10 bottles of wine a day and they're not waking up and drinking two bottles in the morning or the rest of it however they're suffering just as much because they because they've got all this stuff going on for them um but there's no kind of recovery program for them really with the no 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 visible consequences either isn't there not really that's the thing then massively so no and that's the interesting thing because you know, with what you're doing and what we're doing as a, as a business is so interesting because, you know, the more we keep learning about, you know, emotions, emotional intelligence and, you know, how important it is to understand your emotions and be able to cope with them and process them and in a healthy way because mm. they're not going to kill you. They're going to make you stronger. They're going to make you more confident. They do, they're gonna, definitely. You know, and that's the thing. And, and you know, a line that I say to people all the time is short-term pain and it's long-term gain because you continuously gain from this. And the more you do it, the better you become. You've seen it through your experience. I've seen it through mine. We've seen it together. We've seen it with clients that we've worked with. You know, the, the changes, the one client that we're working with at the moment, you know, the huge changes there. And the interesting thing that I've started to, to, to realize is everyone is an addict. Everyone is an addict. If we're going to label it, we're all addicts. Because mm. there's people who are shopaholics, there's people that stuff food down their throat, there's people who, you know, binge and purge, mm. you know, there's people who, who have an obsession with shoes, who have an obsession with dresses, who have an obsession with suits or ties or watches or cars. Mm. You're an addict. Mm. But then we can throw a label in there and go, well, I'm not harming myself or anybody else. Really? Mm. How are you feeling emotional? Mm. You know, emotionally, how are you feeling? And it's talking to people and I'm starting to understand, you know, you can have billions in a bank, millions mm. in a bank, but emotionally you're completely dead and mm. bankrupt. You know, and how many people have we've heard, you know, and you can see, you know, the amount of people who 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 have all of these materialistic things, yet they still suffer. Yeah. You know? So stripping the label away of addiction or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Choose your poison, choose your, your, your substance or whatever it might be. If you are replacing or finding a way to numb or not deal with your emotion, then you're choosing somebody else or something. Actually, yeah, somebody else or something else to change the way that you're feeling, doesn't matter what it is, the effect is the same, right? Yeah. So if it's we're going to label cycle. it, it's a vicious cycle, it's the same thing. You're an addict. 
But I think that it's a it's a human it's part of being human, isn't it? Of course it is. I know they've labelled this with saying it's addiction, but I'm fast approaching the whole view that there is no such thing as addiction. No, I agree. Um, and that's not to that's not to say that there isn't value in 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 a lot of the stuff that I have done and that I continue to do for myself to make sure that I stay mentally well. But having been on this course for only two short years and having learned what I've learned, that there, my view is that the addiction is not, it's, it's not a thing. It's no. not a disease. No. It's not a disease. It isn't. Because <laughs> um, there is, what, how many billions of people in the world now? You know, mm-hmm. however many billions, there's a few. We're all addicts. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, and again, like I think that um, we, we, because that's what we are as humans, we are made to want more of what makes us feel good mm-hmm. because uh, we were saying the other day about sex mm-hmm. and, and orgasm is the, the, the one thing that a human being has that is the most pleasurable. Like there's no denying mm-hmm. that, you're not going to want more of that. Yeah. So, but what is the reason why a human body has an orgasm? What is the reason? Make us feel good. And? So that we can uh, keep reproducing. Keep the race going. Yeah. That's what we are put on this yeah. earth to do, yeah. to keep the race going. Yeah. No drug can induce that. No. Into no, Nothing synthetic can give you that feeling. Yeah. And there is nothing better than, than, than that feeling of, yeah, of an orgasm, isn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. without turning this into something, a blue chat show. But. No, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. let's keep it real. We're adults here. Yeah, you know? so, but, but the point I'm trying to make is that, that that's, that's what we are. That's, that, there must be a reason why that's been the thing that has been given to both a male and a female to have to to keep the race going. I say that the higher powers of be when they created us, they went these human beings are simple. We need to give them something <laughs> to really, <laughs> really keep them going. Yeah. That was it, right? But that there's the, again there's the, like when you think about that the whole science behind mm-hmm. behind um, sex and relationships and stuff and there's the the brain releases dopamine and you know when when some when a male or female when they do orgasm um and the brain says like i want more of that that feels good but that's what alcohol does that's what drugs does mm. uh that's what having a shoe addiction does Mm. It releases dopamine, mm. gym addiction, whatever it is. Mm. Addiction, again, we're using that word. We use it because it's easy. But the, there are, the, and that's why I think you make a good point of saying like everybody is an addict because mm. it, it's because that's how we are wired. We are mm. wired to we are wired to chase after that feeling of feeling good. Mm. However, our minds. Uh, are wired to also think very negatively yeah. because we are we have to protect ourselves from say too tired and all yeah. the rest of it mm-hmm. so you know again going back to our primal instincts we're wired 
to have sex and orgasm and create a, a new life. But we are also wired to to think negatively, to run away from massive elephants with tusks and saber-toothed mm. tigers and dangerous yeah. creatures. Well, to protect ourselves, isn't it? That's what the brain is there for. Yeah, because the race, mm. ultimately, that is it. The race keeps going. Yeah. That's what the world we are put on the world to do. But it's interesting because we don't have that anymore, you know. Big saber-toothed tigers and, you know, these big, huge animals and dinosaurs and whatever it is chasing us around. But what we do have now is are things like TV, the media, social media. And by the way, I just want to highlight something. You know, when I said that everybody is an addict, this is a fact. You know, it's a fact. We all are. There is the, we, that's just how we're built, you know, and that's just how we cope with things. And I don't want to, the reason I said that, it wasn't to, wasn't in a negative way. And the reason I want to mention it is because for me, understanding that process, understanding that label addiction, you know, having an addictive behavior to something or using something else to help me cope with my real problems, my real issues, my you know, the emotions I don't want to deal with, whether they're current, past, or future, which generally tends to be. Um, this is a really positive thing, by the way. You know, this is something I really want to highlight. It's a really positive thing for you to start to understand that am I coping with things correctly? Am I doing the right things when I'm feeling anxious or when I'm feeling fearful? You know, am I just picking up my phone and going straight on Facebook? Mm. Am I picking up my phone and tweeting? Am I going on Snapchat and sending myself a selfie, pretending that I'm happy because I don't want to feel with the emotion of, you know, five seconds ago? You know, th that's the reason why I want to mention it because we have, unfortunately, and this is unfortunate, but there is, again, that kind of that safety net thing where we attach the word addiction to drugs, alcohol, sex, pretty much all the negative stuff. Yet we don't attach it to the fact that sugar is killing more people than drugs and alcohol do. The fact that social media is doing exactly the same. You know, it's completely taken over people's lives. Again, yes, there is a positive to it. But, you know, we have to understand that this is not about that label. Read between the lines, and I'm going to make the line very clear so it's not a thin one. It's about the emotion. That's what we're talking about here, right? Mm -hmm. It's the emotional side of things, the emotional part that we as human beings, male and female, just don't deal with it. You know, we don't look at things. Not as much as we should be. As we should. As yeah. we, we should understand that being emotionally mature is just as important as being eating well yeah. <laughs> and looking after your body and Absolutely. exercising and 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 things that are so viewed as obvious things, this should be just as obvious. Oh. And they talk a lot about how there's an obesity crisis and they have programs on TV about documentaries and about diets and trialing out this new diet and, you know, why are people fat and there's studies and, you know, there's so many, turn on TV and there's shows about secret eaters and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But where is this, it? like the importance of being emotionally intelligent is just as important as looking after yourself physically mm. um, because you may well have a six pack or 
uh, be a fantastic runner or can lift a lot of weights and look incredible as a woman, a young woman or a young man. Um, but if you're, if you're emotionally bankrupt inside because you don't know how to express your emotions or you've never learned to, uh, then there's no point in physically feeling fit mm. because inside you're going to be dying. Yeah. So there needs to be, in my view, more focus around the importance of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And like going back to what I said earlier, there is more, there are more, it's becoming more of a thing where mm-hmm. they are conducting more studies around emotional EI, which it is shortened as, um, that the mention about males and suicide and the numbers mm. of males that commit suicide compared to women, it's more males than it is women. Mm. Surely that's telling you something. Yeah. Uh, and I think I even quoted that in my paper as well, that, um, that it's those statistics are related to men's mental health um, and that these men were... Um, known within the system for having mental health issues Mm -hmm. and committed suicide Mm -hmm. but what about the men that weren't known which Mm -hmm. is probably going to be more Mm -hmm. that take their lives Mm -hmm. and that there's no statistics to start to say that it was because they you know it's obvious to say someone's uh got uh bipolar they might have been they might have been diagnosed with bipolar they might have been diagnosed with depression whatever if they've not been diagnosed with a mental illness, but they've taken their own life, does that mean that, what does that mean? They've just decided to take their own life. Mm. I think that there is difficulty in measuring emotions because they're different. Although we experience things similarly because we are humans and we are very, very similar. I will not experience anger how you would experience anger. It will be different. And a male compared to you won't experience anger in the same way either because mm. we are so unique. Yeah. And so I think that the, diffi- the to make that easier is that remove removing the label of what you're calling that emotion yeah. and talking about how does it feel for you? How are you experiencing it? Yeah. Don't have to label it as anger. No. You don't have to label it as sadness or grief, whatever. Um, I think it can help to start with because you yeah. start to understand what it is that you're feeling because a lot of people don't even know what they're feeling yeah but again i think that that can complicate things as well because my experience being in treatment was that they labeled a lot of the emotions and we had to when we were asked how we feel we would pick one of the the emotions that were written on the wall and although yes that is absolutely to start off with it's 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 good to understand that, but it's again, it's it's it putting people in boxes and yeah. and categorizing stuff. And like I, I make very clear, I will not experience anger as the same as somebody else experiences anger. Yeah, it's an individual thing. But this is a, the the interesting thing that you mentioned there as well is it's experience, isn't it? You know, I, one of the things I'm learning, you know, through this process and, and working with, you know. Like with you and and reading and you know and working with people, started to learn that you know what? The more I remove these labels, again, these are just simple things that we've been taught. So it's not anyone's fault in particular, but 
an experience is an experience. You know, whether it's, you know, whether you're feeling anxious, you're feeling anxious because you're going to go and see your favorite boy band, you know, or your favorite rock band, or you're feeling anxious because you're about to go for an interview and, or you can't pay the bill this month. Mm. Isn't it still anxious? Mm -hmm. Yet we were labeled as good anxious or bad anxious. Mm. It's just anxious. Mm. And that's what I'm learning. He says, you know what? If I'm just feeling a bit annoyed today, well, you know, the other day, I think me and I shared with you, didn't I? I just woke up, I was just feeling flat. Mm. Just wasn't feeling it. Mm. Didn't understand why. No. First thing my head went is, well, you're not doing what you're supposed to, are mm. you? You know, when I've done everything I'm supposed to. I was just okay. feeling a bit tired. I, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be a reason, again, why you may feel a certain way. You've lived on the planet for 37 years. <laughs> 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 Testing the waters there. <laughs> You've lived on the planet for 37 years. Over those 37 years, you've accumulated a lot of experiences and memories. Emotions are inside you. Emotions, you know, there's things going on in your brains that even the, the top scientists in the world don't understand. Yeah. So if you wake up one morning and you feel flat, you fucking feel flat. It. it doesn't have to That's have it. a there doesn't have to be a reason why. Yeah. And I think we are so programmed to find to find that what what is it and i think a lot of this is again there when i the, i am so grateful that i've been on this course over the last couple of years and i've learned to critique everything mm. and that's not that to not believe anything yeah. that is to have an open mind in every which way possible mm -hmm. because you know every single theory on this planet is only made up by a human being mm. There's no reason to say anybody is right about anything yeah. on this planet. Yeah. There's no reason. Well, so, and don't they constantly, we talked about this, didn't we, before we talked about it in the car, uh, that you mentioned that, that, you know, every research, everything that's ever been done has been done by a human being, yeah. you know? So it doesn't necessarily mean it's right. No. It's just somebody's opinion. Yeah. You have an opinion just as much as I do. Yeah. And it's interesting that once that person then gets that research, it's interesting that after a couple of years, somebody comes in and says, well, I've done a different research, which now says this. So they may prove it wrong or yeah. they may prove it even more correct. Yeah, they might add it, more, yeah, they might add more information to it. But you're absolutely I think right. the point I'm making is like you wake up one morning and you feel flat. You feel flat. Yeah. There is not, don't have to search for the reason why. You yeah. don't have to find it. Yeah. Um, I know we're talking about expressing your emotions and getting help and all the rest of it. And if you're waking up every morning, you are feeling shit like death, like you want to die. Mm. That, I mean, this is something <laughs> telling okay. you that you, yeah, there's absolutely. something that needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, if, if, if you're, if you wait like some, yeah, I mean, like it might happen. Some, some days you feel happier than others and other days you feel flat. And, um, and I think that the, having now been I've been in recovery for four years now for for four years actually I've been doing this well done, and I'm so proud of the fact that I've stuck to something for that long mm. and but that's again I'll go back to that I'm so lucky because I saw people go before me and do mm. this stuff and it worked and I had to experience a lot of pain to to finally get 
the benefits from it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the point I was making is that because of how society is nowadays, everything is so fast and at your fingertips, that's what we expect from everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just not reality. Because yeah. like I said a minute ago, you've been on the planet for 37 years, your body will hold memories in your muscles, mm-hmm. in your cells. Mm-hmm. It will hold emotions, trauma, memories, everything. The mm-hmm. body is so, so complex. And that's just the body. The brain mm-hmm. is a whole another kettle of fish. Yeah. And we only know what we know about the brain. We don't know enough at all no. um, because it's such a complex machine. So mm-hmm. I think the point I'm trying to make is that you won't always understand how you feel or be able to label what you're feeling, mm-hmm. but it has to be an individual awareness yeah. of what's going on for you as an individual and comparing to other people, you're never going to get the answer that you want. Mm-hmm. It's about going within and finding yeah. like for me, how does this feel for me? Yeah. I don't feel comfortable about something. I've experienced this trauma growing up, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whether it's bad, good, whatever, compared to somebody else, they may have had the same trauma, but they've dealt with it better. Yeah. Again, we're, no, we're not the same. No. Our brains and our bodies will, will process things differently. Yeah. So it is being the individual in this journey. That's yeah. the point I'm making. It's not Same looking at someone else and saying, yeah. oh, well, they dealt with this in a year. Why, yeah. am I, why am I not dealing with it in a year? Because yeah. you're not that person. No, exactly. You're, you're unique. Yeah. And give it a chance, isn't it? Which is, you know, one of the things you said is give it a go. If, if you are struggling emotionally and you don't know how to deal with it, reach out. You, listen, you can reach out to us. This is what we do. You know, we... We're all about emotional intelligence. That's what we teach. We teach people healthy mind, healthy body, healthy spirit. Mm. You know, because we found the work that we've done on ourselves, you know, Lucy individually, me individually, and then we've had the pleasure of working with, you know, some amazing people so far who have freely given their time for us to kind of, you know, work on them and, and you know, and, and be able to, to try things out on them. And, and they've been incredible and the results have been incredible, mm-hmm. you know, and the one thing that we found is that you have to link the three. Healthy mind, healthy body, healthy spirit. Mm. Not, there is nothing in here, I'll repeat it, healthy mind, healthy body, healthy spirit. It's all to do with you as an individual. It's got nothing to do with how much money you have. It has nothing to do with the car that you drive. It has nothing to do with the job that you do. It has nothing to do with the Gucci shoes or whatever it is that you wear. It's all about you because if you strip you naked, you're left with you as a human being. So when you die, you're not going to take any of that stuff no, with you no, anyway. No, stuff <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Well, it's either going to get burned or given to charity. Do you know what I mean? Or someone else is going to take it. And 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 this is the the, the thing I wanted to to, to mention because you, you talked about you know we want things right now, right mm-hmm. now, right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and we are in in the in a in a time where things are so easily quick mm. you know you can just grab anything mm. at your fingertips you know so it is hard for people to just stick to something especially if it means 
you know, and we say this, don't we? When we say to clients, we work with clients, is listen, this is a way of life. Mm. This is not a quick fix. You mm. want a quick fix, we're not going to work with you. No, well, you we know? can't. We can't. Mm. So, we, you know, and, and, and again, we've had the pleasure of working with people who have come to us and said, fuck, I'm done. Mm. What do I need to do? You know? And the one thing I always say to people is you are happy to stick to something that makes you feel sick. You stick at a shit job. You go to the same places all the time. You hang around people you usually don't like or hate or people that don't bring anything to your life. And the reason I'm saying that is because I did all of those things. You did all of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're happy to stick to these things. Now, look, it's easier to do that than it is to walk away from something that's really possibly going to feel really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and completely unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, and when, you know, and as Lucy mentioned about the brain, we automatically go into fight or flight. So we're going to protection mode. We're going to red alert, however you want to label it. The brain will tell you straight away, freeze, don't move, keep doing what you're doing. Don't try anything else. But the process is the only reason the brain is doing that. It's just to protect you. That's it. But if you take that leap, if you take that step forward and you make that positive change, you've already told the brain that it's okay. You know, And it's as simple as saying that it's okay. We can do that. You know? And then we're able to then take the next steps, you know, in order to make those changes. If you are suffering, you know, with your job, with a relationship, with alcohol, drugs, sex, porn, whatever it is. And if you really do emotionally, internally, you know, you can feel it in your gut and you think, oh, I'm just sick of doing this. Take that next step because it's worth it, right? Yeah, I mean, if you think about, where my life was before I came into recovery <laughs> and where it is now and the things I've achieved within the space of four years mm. says it all. If you want to find out, listen to Lucy's episode, which is uh, the very first one, that we, the second one that we did. Yeah. And you will, uh, you will understand how anything is possible. You can pretty much listen. And I say this to people all the time, man. We are the most incredible nation you know human beings are incredible machines however you want to label it we are we're we're just incredible mm-hmm. and the beautiful thing is is we don't appreciate ourselves enough we don't give us that chance to really live to really grow mentally physically spiritually because we keep labeling everything we keep shortchanging ourselves all the time mm. and and this is what we teach people you know when we went on we went on our honeymoon and we had an amazing time one day we'll just sit by the pool and just do nothing mm. you know lucy's seven months pregnant so there'll be some days where you struggle a little bit you mm. know but then we'll just get in a car and go let's go for a drive you know there was no agenda mm. was there we just yeah. had fun and it was nice and it was beautiful and you know New York is, is, is a beautiful place, mm. you know. We went to some really interesting little places, yeah. <laughs> didn't we? Yeah. But the experience, you know, there was a couple which were testing, but the experience nonetheless was an experience, right? Mm. And overall it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to come out of a, a, a tablet or a phone or a computer or tv screen or because mm. us as humans should be interacting with each other more and expressing ourselves and if you don't start doing it mm. you know 
And, and you know, <clears throat> because we don't drink, neither of us. Yeah. And I know I'm seven months pregnant, but that's not the only reason I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't drink because I don't do, it doesn't agree with me. And it didn't agree with me really, really badly. So towards the end. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're, you've got your story as well as to your reasons why as well. And I think that, like, that in today's society, again, is something else that people see as not the norm mm. because drinking is such the normal thing to do. Social, socially acceptable. Couples do it together all the time. They go out together or they go out individually or they sit at home and have a glass of wine together. Again, I there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying I'm not one of these people that is like an ex-smoker that, doesn't allow people <laughs> yeah. to smoke but because since giving up alcohol I realized why I drank alcohol mm. and that is the beginning of really understanding yourself as a human being yeah. really connecting to who you are really realizing what alcohol does to the body mm. how much it stops things from you experiencing stuff in so many, like I, I couldn't, I, if I could make a list of the experiences I've had since stopping drinking, not only has it physically changed my body, mentally is has changed my, the way that I, like my, I my I feel like I my eyes are open to to things I never imagined they could mm. be open to, and my brain is definitely working. A hell of a lot quicker uh, experiencing things it's open more mm. I would I would if I, I wish I could have done a study on my brain yeah <laughs> before recovery and now yeah to see where where the changes have happened which parts of the brains are lighting up more mm. what I'm experiencing more of it's I mean again that's maybe that's another idea for a study but yeah. that would cost a lot of money yeah <laughs> but you know, because it's just, it's fascinating. And people drinking, it, you're essentially, you're, you're numbing, you're dulling out what your, your true potential is. Mm. Um, I can see that now because I'm four years down the line yeah. and I've come out the other side yeah. and I've experienced what I've experienced. But, and uh, I know we might be wrapping up soon in terms of time but I just wanted to also comment about um you know the 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 uh, Russell Brand in the uh, public eye and how he talks about he was a drug user and he's now you know he's bringing these things into uh like he's talking about emotional intelligence he's talking about um a higher power mm -hmm. he talks about all this stuff and I think it's just he it's amazing that he's bringing this into society yeah. because he is such an influential figure in the media. Yeah. Someone like that is in such a position of I was going to say power. I don't like the word because I yeah. don't think it's the right word to use. Yeah. But people, I hope people will listen to what he's saying and and start to realize what they are doing to themselves when they're putting this stuff yeah. into their body. Yeah. They are, they are, they're not living to their full potential because they're just, they're dulling things out. Yeah. And, and another interesting thing to think about is why is it 
that alcohol is legal everywhere around the world. I mean, there might be a few states in America that it's not. Mm. But apart from them, why is it that alcohol is legal to buy, to drink, um, when drugs aren't? I mean, there's a whole thing around that. But I think the point I'm trying to make is that there is, we were talking about this the other day with the the control the government have Mm. over us as a whole society mm. why is it that alcohol is such a damaging substance mm. and why is it that it's sold in ev- every it, everywhere mm. why is it so readily available mm. why sugar? that's that's you know that's that's the interesting thing is yeah. that the well, yeah. we're controlled yeah i mean <clears throat> gee why sugar eight times more addictive than crack cocaine than cocaine mm. you see what i mean that says it all doesn't it be one of the biggest industries in the world. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Oh, and that's what I was going to, I was going <clears> to, <throat> I wanted to bring this up before we do wrap it up. And I'm going to leave this as a final thing. So you normally have the, uh, uh, what's it called? Dryathlons or whatever it is that they do mm. for cancer research. And I always support cancer research because I think it's, it's incredible. And any kind of charity that's, you know, and one of our dreams and goals is to, is to really support, you know, these huge charities in, in, you know, on a bigger scale because our motto is helping to change the world one person at a time. But what I was going to say, and I want to say this, um, so there was the, you know, the dry January mm-hmm. on there's now dry October or dry November, whatever it is, you do a, a month where you don't drink. Mm-hmm. And every time I've seen people do these, people literally on Facebook, it's almost like they are dying Mm -hmm. because they haven't had a drink for 30 days. Mm -hmm. Use that, people, as a red alert. If you cannot drink for 30 days and you are twisted, that tells you something about Mm -hmm. your emotions. Mm -hmm. The fact that you cannot go 30 days Mm -hmm. without a drink, without feeling twisted, should say something. Yeah. And it just, as you were talking, something just hit me and I thought, wow, that is so true. Why is that? And ask yourself that question. And and I'm going to say this. I was like that. I Mm. did it twice and Mm. I ended up raising some money. Obviously, I did it for for the charity. But I I was in my addiction, so I was twisted. Mm. (laughs) You know, I was thinking, God, I can't wait to have that drink. But why, again, why should it have to be for raising money for a charity? No, it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. You know? and, that's and that's that's the frightening thing about it. Yeah. Why should it have to be? Mm. You're not even, you know, essentially you're not actually doing it for yourself. No. You're doing it to raise money yeah. for someone else. Yeah. Who, I'm not saying they're not, they're not within need of that money. No, yeah. I'm not saying that it's a bad <laughs> idea. But the point of it is, like, why, you know, why did you do it for 30 days to raise money for charity? Mm. It wasn't because you woke up one morning and said, I don't want to do this to myself anymore. Mm. I don't feel good. Mm. I love myself too much. I realised what I'm doing. I mean, eventually it did get to that. Yeah, of course, yeah. Not at that point. Um, But this is the thing, isn't it? It just popped into my head, you know, when people start to get really itchy and start to... Yeah, it just dawned on me and I thought, I need to say something just just for just as a as a seed, just mm-hmm. as a thought. Think about that. The next time you do it for charity and you start to feel emotionally uncomfortable, and it's emotionally uncomfortable, 
start to just have a little think about that because mm. that's really interesting. Um, but listen, guys, you know, it, it, it's all about living to your fullest. Mm. You know, that's what we want. You know, we want every single person that we work with, that we reach, to reach their fullest potential and, and more. You know, we, we want people to stop suffering emotionally and to just have incredible, incredible lives. And that's what Lucy and I wish every single one of you every day. Um, so, Lucy, thank you so much for... Pleasure. For taking the time, <laughs> for coming in. Yeah. All the way from the living room. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. For, I just, yeah, talking about, you know, this subject is... I know we've we've actually digressed in a lot of ways, but it's just it's all relevant. It grew. It's all relevant. Yeah. Um, the conversation grew. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to to doing this study because it came about authentically. Mm. It wasn't really planned. Um, and then actually, the more I read about it, I was like, wow, there, there's there's a problem. There's a huge problem yeah. here. And that suicide rate. Looking at the suicide rate again, that came out of just googling stuff and. Yeah. And realizing that shit, there's there's a big problem. There, yeah, there, is. there is a big problem here, there um, is. and you know, I hope that uh, within me starting to work in the field and um, us starting to work with people, understanding that the importance of having emotional intelligence is as important of uh, is just as important as having intelligence on a whole, mm. and for having you know physical fitness it's yeah. just as important to have emotional intelligence it's just as important as breathing it, it, yeah it should be yeah. it should be educated yeah. that it is but it's yeah. not and that's what we're doing you know yeah. and that's what we're doing you know it's letting you know you know this stuff your emotions are so important you know it is it, what makes it's one of the beautiful things that make you who you are you know so don't numb it express it feel it you know, and, and grow with it. Mm. Thank you so much for for listening. As always, you know, you guys make the show what it is, and I hope you have an, an amazing day, evening, whatever you decide to do. And most importantly, if you are struggling and you're listening to this, or you know somebody who who is struggling who does need some help from a therapeutic perspective. Lucy is here and she will be more than happy to, to help and assist. You know, I'm here from a coaching and mindfulness perspective, you know, and together we, we help people from mm. a mental, physical and spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is reach out and all you need to do is go to www.happyaslarrygroup.com. Um, you can find our contact details there. There is a contact page and you know, we will be more than happy to, to talk to you. Our consultations are always free to start with, so there is no obligation. You know, we'd much rather you reach out and have a conversation with us than you keeping it to yourself. You know, mm. we're always here to help. Yeah. Any final words of wisdom? Um, no, just, well, what you're saying about people getting in touch if they are struggling, I think that that that... that that says it all really but again i'll go back to the point of saying if you are drinking one two three bottles of beer a night and uh you do it because you're in a process of doing it and you're used to doing it give yourself a challenge and don't drink for a week and see what happens yeah and uh 
I feel Take like Jerry Springer with the final four. <laughs> <laughs> Take the challenge and let us know how you get on. Have an amazing day. Take care.